Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on Twitter, and today joining me is Dr. Matthew Holt and Ali Cornwolf. Hello. All right. Hello. Identify yourselves. Give yourselves an ident check. I'm uh, Corn underscore Wolf on Twitter, and I'm Codec Moments on Twitter. How is everybody? Are we having uh, are we having a lovely day. Uh, ready for the weekend. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's feeling that way at the moment, isn't it? Been um, yeah. It's been a decent October so far because um, we're recording this just mm. over halfway through. But yeah, it's it's, it's going to get really busy really soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's that lull, the quiet before the storm. You're just kind of getting used to it, getting cold, and then Christmas and family and ugh, yeah. <laughs> all that <laughs> it, it sounds like you're not looking forward to that at all. <laughs> oh, I love Christmas. It's just you know when people come out the woodwork and they want to see you, and it's like oh, really. Can't be bothered. <laughs> that slightly awkward moment right now, isn't it? Where um, the shops don't know whether they should be having Halloween stuff out or whether they should just go full Christmas. Yeah. And then you've got bonfire in the middle. Yeah. The little pop-up fireworks stand. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but um, once it hits oh, about seven o'clock at night and gets dark, that's all you hear. Kids chucking fireworks yep. around. Beautiful. So there's a bit of a parallel there in terms of the, the gaming lull that we're in that i'm a bit hesitant to say because i say gaming lull but i've got a huge review pile <laughs> i was gonna say i'm not sure i'm not sure you can say that black ops 4 has come out assassin's creed odyssey yep uh dakar 18 red dead redemption is due out people are probably still getting through spider-man out of the tomb raider yeah yeah oh yeah tomb raider that was the one i was thinking of well done. yeah it isn't a lull anymore is it it uh it does just start from like mid-september onwards We've reviewed a few, I think it's fair to say, over the last couple of weeks. Probably not as many as we should have done, given how many have been released. But we've been <laughs> we've been through a few. Um, I think we started at the beginning of the month with Transference, which, yeah. Ali, was your first review for the site. It was, yeah. And a bit of a surprise as well, because it was kind of a horror game. Um, and I'm a bit like Andy with these things. I, I, I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't do horror. No, so uh, I was playing it with my wife sat next to me in the broad daylight. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's an interesting little game. It's more of a, I guess, a psychological thriller. Yeah, uh, looking inside people's minds, so the the area changes and that and changes even. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Short little game, but yeah, interesting. So is this is this the Elijah Wood one? Yeah, I think it's his studio that's done it. Yes, that boy's been involved in some weird stuff. He has, yeah. He's a weird person, to be fair. He's nice, but just comes across a bit strange. And what was it? What was it like, play style wise? Was it something completely unique, or was it blends of genres? For me, it seemed quite unique because I don't play that many horror games. It was a first person investigation game, if that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, you're, you're walking around basically a a flat. Um, you do go outside. Well, you start on the outside, and then when you doing the puzzles inside it you go outside but the all the puzzles were fairly unique the, the first one you have to find um a bit of music mm. which gives you the the, the keys on it and the, and the letters and then you have to put them in the right sequence on the post boxes to unlock the next bit right. so it's kind of the, the memories are a little bit glitched and you have to solve puzzles to unlock the next area and you can see the next area but you have to do something to be able to interact with it and then to add an extra twist to that, there's light switches in some of the rooms. And when you click on the light switch, it then changes the environment to, okay. to something else, so like an alternate reality almost, or someone else's memories. 
so you can grab something else or amend that reality to then go back somewhere else to then carry on amending it. Um, so there's quite a few layers and different things to it. It's, it, it was interesting. Oh, it, it does sound it, and it's playable in VR as well, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I played it on the Xbox One, uh, and I purely did it in first person, well, say for, uh, just with the controllers um, in first person. So I found the controls a little clunky, picking up things. You have to get your little dot or whatever is exactly on it and holding things, whereas I could imagine in VR with the motion controllers, it would work a lot better picking up things. Yeah. And is it is it just creepy or is it actually scary? Is it unsettling? Because it, it strikes me, I was having a look at it, and it strikes me as being slightly unsettling, but not, not necessarily actually kind of There's a terrifying. couple of bits. Well, there's one main bit that made me jump when I opened the door, and this glitched out dog shadow just jumped at me, and then it reset itself. So I guess I wasn't supposed to open that door. But for some reason, I kept opening the door, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> um, but then there's bits with, like, uh, the little kid. You can hear it running around in certain places, and the music's very eerie. So that makes it, adds that extra layer to it. And then sometimes you see it in the corner of your eye, and you're like, I don't really want to walk down there, because I don't know what's down there if I chase after it. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds interesting. Um, yeah. And is it, I, I take it it's not full price with it being um, a fairly short game. No, I think at the moment it's about the £25 mark. I guess with the Black Friday sales that will be ramping up in the next, what, two or three weeks, I think it's a little bit earlier this year, they, I'm sure it will be on offer. And I, I presume you might be able to pick it up probably for a tenner, yeah, maybe? I, I might I might give it a punt if it's in VR at that price. Yeah, yeah, I would. Now, the next one that we reviewed actually wasn't uh, an October release. It just took a little bit of time to get through it uh, to review it, but... Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Now we're all oh, mm. big Tomb Raider fans. Yeah, fair comment. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, the new ones have been really solid. Yes. Yeah, and definitely, it's fair to say with this one, it continues it. Um, I went into it straight after Spider Man, and I, I lamented a bit the lack of freedom because you're used to swinging through an entire city, and then all of a sudden you're mm. trapped on this linear path. I know it's is got... It, is, it the same as, is it the same as the previous two, where you're, you're in a kind of... Uh, what's a good way to describe it? It feels a bit like MGS3 in that you've got, you've got some wider, more open areas you can, you can play about in, but it is, a, it is linear. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It, it routes you through the world, but yeah, you've got big chunks of areas you can go into. They call it like a hub world, uh, I think, do... Um, the Square Enix guys um, and Idos, but it, it's yeah, it started off with struggling a little bit to grab me because I was missing the freedom. But actually, by the time I got to the end, it's probably probably one of the better ones. Actually, I I really enjoyed it. I love the mechanics. I love the, the graphical style is fantastic. It all works really well. It's like they've taken all the best elements and polished it. Added a couple oh, of extra okay. bits in to keep it fresh. I'm not not massively sold on the story, if I was honest. I don't, I don't think I don't think it really did for me what they wanted it to do, um, which is move Lara right. that full circle into being the pre, like, into being the actual original Tomb Raider, the character from that okay. game. But it it moved it along through the environments and it did a few unexpected things. And yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. I kept getting broken off it because we had the EGX weekend, we had other bits and pieces going on, um, but it was just, yeah, when you do get sat into it, it's very easy to lose time. And I think I put 
20 hours in to get to the end of the story and maybe maybe about 40% of the collectibles at that point so there's there's still quite a bit to go back and do and there's a new game plus mode as well out of interest what difficulty did you play it on or did, or did you tweak the difficulty because i know you can change it so it's not as in your face like with the white chalk or yes. paint on the climbing bits did you change that much? Uh, i kept it on uh middle of the road i didn't didn't right. alter okay. it so that you've got yeah. effectively you've got easy medium hard and i think you've got whatever it is they're not called that they're called something else um mm. easy medium hard and brutal it would be right. um but yeah you do get the option you can mix and match it so you can dial the combat right down uh, but turn the puzzles and traversal up hard. So if you yeah. if you actually like to find your own paths and figure things out, you can do, um, and it won't handhold you. When I say it turns the puzzle difficulty down, that changes in how much Lara communicates with you. So when you use a survival oh, okay. vision, she will tell you where to go next. And the difficulty right. I was on, she provided a hint um, to remind you of your objective, but didn't tell you what to do which oh, good, sometimes actually was probably more annoying. I'd rather she just kept quiet because it just sort of put <laughs> things off. But otherwise, other than that, actually, I thought that uh, that ability to tweak the three different levels actually worked really well um, and makes it, makes it really customizable. Um, by the time we get this out, it's probably finished, but it was a bit disappointing, if I'm honest, to see it on Deal of the Week on the PlayStation Store. So it just mm. made me think, I think it was down yeah. at 30 quid, which was a steal for it, um, but only three or four weeks after release. It's a little bit worrying. It's making me wonder, is it not quite doing the numbers? Or actually, are they just plugging it before all the big, solid, massive buys come out? Trying to shift some volume. Mm. But I recommend it. I don't know, scored it well. It is. It is a great game. Great game. Nice. Good. Yeah. So what else has, has anyone been playing? Uh, I, I played Smash Hit Plunder. Oh, that's so that's that's the one that you went to uh, talk to the guy at EGX about? Yeah, yeah we chatted to the guy from uh, Triangular Pixels, um, but got hands-on full game, and actually did quite a lot of it in co-op, because it's re- it really lends itself to that. It's, um, it's a bit like an old-school dungeon crawler for the screen player. But the person in VR, it's a first-person smash them up. It's grab everything, chuck it around, hoover up the gems that come out of everything that you break. It's an in, it's an interesting game. It's done with lots of charm, quite a lot of style. It's it's a little bit Minecraft esque graphically, but okay. not in gameplay. But that visual style really works in the VR because it doesn't at any point make you sit there thinking oh it's trying to be real and i know it's not you know full well you're in a cartoon environment as it were and it um it takes away a lot of that screen door that you get sometimes with the vr headsets where it's trying to overlay something that's higher resolution than the um than the unit can cope with so actually it yeah. feels a lot now, more natural one of the things from egx was they were talking about the um the various options and the the comfort settings that they'd included mm. in the the game now you've had a lot more experience of it. You played through the full thing. Did it feel more comfortable than other VR games you played? Uh, yeah, I think it did. I think it did. And I did play around with those options and, and see what I could do. Is it, if there's one criticism I have got, is you've got the option of using the PlayStation Move or the DualShock. When you use the DualShock, 
it still works in the same way as the move. You can't use the analog sticks to move around, even though you're in a first-person mode. And to be honest, I think if that was in there, it'd have been even better. And it's good anyway. But actually, I think if if it had done that, because the move turning left and right is a little bit clunky, because you have to wave the wand whilst holding it and holding the buttons down, and it's... It's not as precise as you want for a game that's got time limits and things that you have to get to. There's like a scavenger mode in it where you have to find specific items. So you've got to move quite quickly around. And and, and tapping a button to teleport is fine. It it just automatically moves you. But it's the turning. Definitely in some of the co-op modes, it would have been a little bit better because you, you've you got the, the dichotomy of having a isometric view for the co-op player and a first-person view for yourself, but you both can't move at the same speed, so it's a little bit... It sometimes doesn't gel, and my other half got really frustrated with one of the games because uh, because of the simple fact that she's playing as a, a dwarf. You're as this big, tall, almost sorcerer, um, and you can just hold the move controllers up in the air and from a distance nab whatever they're holding, and just hold it above the head so oh, they can't God. grab it. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a little bit cheeky. Um, and it's a great way of winning that game. But um, yeah, she got a bit annoyed with that. It's hilarious. But it, I, you know what? I had a lot of fun with it. And it, unfortunately, it came out in the same week as Astrobot Rescue. And this is it's an exclusive PSVR game. Um, but it feels like Sony have kind of thrown everything behind Astrobot Rescue for the advertising and everything else. And this is in danger of just disappearing under the radar. And I don't think that's particularly fair on it because it is a, it is a lot of fun and it tries to do something a little bit different. Yeah, I've got to say Astrobot Rescue is the, the first VR title in a long time I can remember them advertising on TV. Yeah, they're definitely going at it big time. And I do want to play it because I've played some of the other Astrobot stuff and um, because yeah. it's the Playroom VR that came with it and they had some really nice little games in it. But yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to give that a go. Okay, good. Also, the first time we've ever used the word dichotomy on the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> Is it good effort? Oh, yeah, it's got to be. I reckon that's going in the diary. We've had juxtaposition definitely, but I think dichotomy is a new one. I might have actually meant juxtaposition. Okay, right. So that's good. Uh, so, is there anything? You know, slightly leading question. Is there anything you both been playing? Uh, yeah, F one. Yeah, we have. We've been doing. We've been doing that each week. Um, <laughs> Thanks for watching us, if you've been doing it. <laughs> Shut up, wrong car game. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, we've both been playing Dakar 18. Yeah. Go on, you, t- you, you tell, tell us all about it. It's kind of like a sandbox um, rally game, basically. Quite, quite literally, by the look of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Um, you imagine something like Dirt Rally, but then take away most of the roads. There are certain paths to go down. And depending on your difficulty level, you get a, a, a compass direction um, and how long you have to go down that, that road or that going in that direction. And you just have to hit these markers, which aren't even on screen. It's just you drive there and you go, ding, yeah, you've got that. And then now turn right to compass direction 360 or whatever. And you've got to like crank the handbrake on and start going another direction. And it's basically a race to get to all these virtual checkpoints as quick as you can and then get to the end marker uh, without destroying your car which i've done a few times and <laughs> getting in sand traps and different things 
if that's the best way to describe it, Matt. It, it is. It's off-road orienteering. That's, that's what it is. Yes. Um, it's setting a massive open map. I won't say open world because I, I think they are kind of they are kind of limited, but they're huge. The, I think the developers have described it as an open world, and they've said it's it's about five thousand seven hundred square kilometers, which is about the size of East Timor. So that's pretty. It's pretty open. Well, let's let's address this now. Um, it might well be that size, but their definition of a kilometer is not a true definition of a kilometer. <laughs> All right, okay. It's scaled, and it's the. I, I want to talk a lot of good things about it because there's a lot, lot I like. But this is the thing that that probably detracted me the most, um, particularly with the the orienteering aspect of it, the, the navigation to waypoints. You'll get uh, audio clues telling you you're about two kilometers away from your next uh, checkpoint, which is fine. You'll hit that checkpoint in ten or fifteen seconds. You've not mm. gone two kilometers. And sticking the brakes on and it slows you down for two or three seconds means you can overshoot by about three, four hundred meters, which puts you off course for the next bearing. Yeah, I mean I get I get that you're on sand, but that is that's quite a breaking distance. Yeah, it's it's yeah. scaled in that way. And and don't get me wrong, there's still massive maps and you still feel like you're driving forever because some of these rallies go on for two, two and a half hours. It's not proper distance and it kind of ruined it a little bit in the early stages when i realized that's not really the distance i'm doing i think if maybe it had been some other measure i wouldn't have cared because of the time yeah. i spent in there but i it kind of it kind of lost me a bit so sorry ali i know I you're guess trying it to say gives it that no 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 I, and, I, and i agree with you because it kind of gives it that kind of frustrating clunkiness to it because you could be absolutely belt in it because because it is all time based as well the, the quicker you can get to these checkpoints and back to the the end point the more points you get and you know you, you're up the leaderboard more so if you're absolutely tear arsing it through the the sand and trying not to do a oh <laughs> moment when you go flying off a <laughs> off a dune and you're not sure what's going to happen to your car um but then you might have gone oh my checkpoint i've just flown past it and then you have to slowly go back and go oh it's there yeah. and then carry on like you're saying it's just a bit annoying that you can't gauge the distance too much yeah i think i think that's what frustrates it so you spend a lot of your time looking at the meters at the top of the screen and not really what's going on in front of you and that's where your car wrecks come in because you miss yeah. a rock yeah. or you miss a dip or he said to you oh, 100 meters um I can't forget the terminology, but basically you're going to cross a road and it's usually through some kind of culvert or valley, um, but you hit it immediately. And it, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it, it does get a bit annoying. It's got some, it's got some lovely stuff that it does. Like mm. at least it auto saves at every checkpoint. So if you yep. do make a mess, you can just reload your last waypoint and you're, you're back I into it. Depending on the difficulty mode, you can dial that back though. Yes, you can. I think in the, in the hardest mode, I think it doesn't do it, does it? But it no, does it in the easiest so. and the normal. In the normal mode, it takes your uh, your compass waypoint marker away. You have to do everything yourself, um, yep. which is not too bad if you've got a co-driver. If you pick a bike or a quad, you've got nobody with you. So you have to mm -hmm. do everything yourself, which is a great challenge on top of managing those vehicles on sand and rock, which is horrendous yeah. with the quad. I couldn't keep it in a straight line. <laughs> it was really, really difficult. Yeah. But then the vast openness of it and the challenge it gives you, mm -hmm. and you do feel, and when you get lost, 
I mean, it's it's annoying, but when you get lost, you are going, damn, I am lost. <laughs> I do yeah. not know where I'm going. Where was even my last waypoint? <laughs> yeah, if you've got a co-driver as well, he'll be like, right, we need to go back to the last checkpoint that we got or the last, not checkpoint, but the, uh, did they call them markers where it's the last yeah, I think turning it's the marker, that he told you to go? Yeah. Well, um, but yeah, and he's like, right, we need to go back there and you've got to go, well, where was that? Where was that? Where, where is that? it? Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to work out around, I'm on bearing 151. So what's my 180 degree bearing to that? So I can turn around and head back. By which point you've done your turning circle, but it's like half a kilometer because of the scaling on the game. And then you've missed, yeah. you're missing going back and you just go, how oh, reload waypoint. <laughs> it's yeah. so tough. It, it is good. I am I'm genuinely impressed on how they've translated the Dakar rally. I think it needs tweaking to make it a really stunning game. And I'm not talking yeah. graphically or anything like that because it, it looks perfectly fine for what it does. Um, I think it just needs it needs a bit of thought, I think, further into the gameplay. And maybe keeping that hardcore element but making some of it a little bit more user-friendly. I mean, this is this is a game that when you go in and you go to your tutorial mode, it doesn't bother telling you how to drive. It just right, tells it you how to do how to use the waypoint system and the um, yep. the road notes. It's it goes, yeah, you bought this because you already know how to drive. Here's how yep. you play our game, and I actually respect that part of it. I think that's great because how many rally games have we played where it teaches you all the basics first? Oh yeah, this is a handbrake and this is that. Um, the the only frustrating bit I think from the tutorial side of things is like you say because of the distance markers. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into that almost quicksand bit <laughs> where you suddenly have to do a hard right and then you've got to go left and between these and, and you're like, what? But because of the the distance, you're like, oh, I've overshot that and now I'm in some quicksand. Yeah. And also, just because I'm sure it's done it to screw with us, it's a hard right and hard left, but the actual track in front of you that you've been driving on goes left and then right and drives right yeah. through it. And you're just like, but it is it's trying to teach you don't trust what you can see trust what you can hear but that dist- that distance marker stuff it's it's the bit that lets it down most i even, I even love yes. you can get out of the vehicles and you can get mm-hmm. yourself out of sand and out of mud and you can tow other competitors that's great there's some lovely ideas in it what's the what's the advantage of towing if it's all time trials what's the advantage of towing other competitors sportsmanship yeah. genuinely that is just it that's what it tells you <laughs> Oh blimey, that's a bit a bit altruistic, it isn't is. it? No, they do it in in the real real stuff. I've done a little bit of reading up on Dakar because I wasn't hundred percent sure what it was. I'm sure they do in the real world. I mean, you know, admittedly, if you're if you're driving across a desert and you break down, you you damn well want somebody to stop and help you. So you're <laughs> going to do it if you see somebody else do it. What I'm what I'm thinking about is um, how does that translate to your average gamer's mentality? You don't have to get out. Um, I did that one, and I put the I put the clip on Twitter because I did get out. I did tell one guy out, and then he ran me over and put me out of the race. <laughs> <laughs> Tactical play, yeah. Um, yeah. I I guess if you're playing online with lots of people or uh, lots of friends, and you're doing it for say two hours, if you're doing quite a big one, maybe more. I guess it, the theory in my head would be if I stop for a few seconds to help him out because he could have been stuck there for ten minutes trying to dig himself out then if I get stuck, they might help yeah. me or they might just drive past with a middle finger up out the window. <laughs> Run you over. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, no, I, I I think it's one for hardcore rally fans. I do. I, I, I think I definitely recommend it to that. It's not a casual 
gamer game. No. It's not meant to be. They're not marketing it at that. Um, I think the Big Moon Entertainment guys know what they do, um, and they do it reasonably well, because the guys that did the WRC games, they've had the official licenses for that. And I think they did at least one of the MotoGP games. So they, mm-hmm. you know, they, there's a lot of effort gone into it. You can tell that. Um, but it's definitely, yep. definitely for the hardcore. Right. Okay. I think we need to move on now because time is ticking. Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I've noticed, I've been on Twitter and I've noticed that you've both been um, having some kind of competition over suits in Spider Man. What's that all about? <laughs> uh, that's to get the platinum. Um, there's, oh God, how many suits are there, Matt? 20, 30? 20 odd, isn't it? There's, oh, yeah. there's about five or six on a row and there's five, there might even be 30. Think yeah, there's something like that. So, uh, to get the platinum in Spider-Man game, you have to unlock all the suits. There's lots of other little bits you have to do to finish it off. The biggest one that it's also attached to its own separate trophy is to get all the suits. And me, myself, and Matt have kind of done the same thing. That we you get points, challenge points as you go through the game. You can unlock or upgrade some of your abilities and weapons and things to help you throughout the game. And myself and Matt spanked some of these points <laughs> on upgrading our weapons. Got to our suits and we were like, oh, we now need to go back and three-star a lot of these challenges to get more <laughs> of these challenge coins or yeah. whatever they are to get the rest of the suits. Oh, so you need to you unlock the suits of the challenge coins. Is that is that it? Kind of. You unlock them through a variety of different points. It's like different currencies. It it makes sense in the game. It's not actually as obtuse as it sounds. Um, but no. a lot of the higher end suits for later in the game, you need these challenge points. Um, and it's gold, silver, bronze. You get one point for bronze, two for silver, three for gold. And if you gold it, you get all six. Yeah, and they stack as well. So if you get silver and yeah. bronze together, you get three points. Jesus, it's like you're trying to explain Magic the Gathering to me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense to us. It makes sense when you play it. It's fine. So yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I thought, oh god, here we go. I've got, uh, I've got a load of grinding to get gold medals because they are hard. Are the challenges to get the gold times or the gold scores? Uh, but actually, I got lucky. I had just enough with every silver, so I didn't oh, have okay. to grind as much on that as I thought. But I have got the city-wide events, you know, the, the crimes that you have to take down. I have got virtually all of those to do apart from one district. So that's my grind on it that yeah. I've got left. Other than that, I'm, I'm pretty much done. But you've uh, you've done all of it now, haven't you? Yes, I've, I've platinumed it. So uh, Tuesday night, I um, my, mom, my, my parents came around uh, and I was just on the last stealth one that I was trying to three-star. And I, I had a quick look on YouTube, I won't lie, just for <laughs> some tips on how to... Because some of them, you're like, how are you supposed to do yeah. this any quicker? Yeah. That's how you get your points up. I think if Roger were here, he'd call you a filthy casual. <laughs> um, it, was, it was getting a bit frustrating so I, I completely screwed up this this one stealth mission and I was just my parents came around and I just went right I've just got to quickly do this and I was just jumping between them all to kill them all and it was a proper yes moment because I managed to get three stars on it and get my last suit nice. um, and then last night I finished off the uh, the last few missions and then that was it done ready for the DLC yeah this is next week isn't it? Is it? Yeah, the oh. first one's next week, the Black Cat. So I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. I want some more story. Yeah. Well, I'm not allowed to play new games, which sucks. Um, <laughs> so I don't get to play Spider-Man, but I have gone back to Assassin's Creed Oranges. Nice. Ah, lovely. And I, I feel your pain with the grind, because every time I think the game's about to end, it throws another couple of people I've got to find and assassinate, and, <laughs> you know, an entirely new civilization I've got to 
undermine and overthrow. Uh, but I believe, Ali, you've been playing Odyssey. I have, yeah. Which is like yeah. that ramped up to 11 from what I've heard. Yeah, the, the thing is, is it's kind of gone to a more of a RPG, a bit more like Witcher than Assassin's Creed. They've kind of, I think they've been teetering on that balance and it's gradually pushing itself over so your your talent trees have more of an effect. The things you actually do in this game actually affect the game as well and how people respond to you. Oh, wow. Uh, you can steal from people. So before you just walk around and it's a hard habit to get out of, you just walk around tapping Y or triangle or whatever it is to pick stuff up and just, yep, I'll have. Now people actually respond to you stealing things. It's that kind of, yeah, that, that moment. I was thinking about this earlier when I'd, I'd done a whole like mission where I had to trek across the desert to help somebody retrieve an object that bandits had stolen. And then within 30 seconds of giving it back to this guy, I was just looting all the stuff in his house. Yeah. <laughs> this, doesn't, yeah. this doesn't quite add up. No. So, that, so they've added that in, which is a nice little extra. Um, there's some extra little talents in, like I was saying, and you kind of, I think you can eventually get them all, but you can actually specify how you want to play the game, whether you want to be a full-on assassin, you want to be more of a warrior, or if you want to be more of a hunter. So you've got those three elements still. Um, the Spartan kick must is a must-have first unlock. Really? And it's just so funny. Um, <laughs> even my wife calls me sadistic, but I Spartan kicked a wolf in the face, and it just got all up <laughs> in it. It's great. <laughs> um, and then you get your, your spears and stuff. Um, and there's they've tweaked the combat again. So you've got the similar buttons as before, which is more shoulder button combat. Yeah. But this time you've got a, a block or a parry by pressing on the Xbox. It's R1, R2, the two shoulder buttons, uh, which works really well, which is quite nice that you've, from the get-go, you've got this counter. Because you, you could parry in Origins, but it, you hit circle when you had your, your shield up, didn't you? So is, yes. it just, is it just easier and kind of more intuitive now? Yeah, so it kind of like, pings like almost a sonary radar thing off the enemy and you just tap them and he he pings it back and he goes into a little bit of a slow-mo and then gives you a chance to counter-attack okay which is nice and like i say it gives you it that from the get-go as well and you can do it with any weapon obviously apart from a bow and stuff um but yeah it's, it's really good that you have choices to make in game as well you choose whether you want to help someone whether you don't sometimes there could be three options so you can help them you don't help them or you can keep the the reward for yourself, right. um, which is which is quite nice. That's like a really interesting evolution of the series, actually. Perhaps, perhaps what it, yeah, Origins was a really nice kind of step forward from the other games in the series I'd played, and it sounds like this is a really nice evolution of, of that. Yeah, you've also got a, a ship this time as well that you kind of use as well as your horse, and you can upgrade it and do different things on it and have actual missions. It's a bit like Black Flag. Yes. I think they are potentially experimenting, maybe ready for Skull and Bones. Oh, right. Potentially. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, just to see what people think to it. I won't be surprised if there's a survey that goes out about it. And there's also little message boards as well in the game. So there's little statues or on your ship, there's a little notice board and you get bounties and different extra missions to do rather than going up to people or ah. things like you used to before you've actually got okay. a message board is this um is this a bit uh, it sounds similar but maybe it's a bit different is, is this how the um the live events that they're doing tie in with the epic mercenary and epic ship contracts that they're 
they were supposed to start this week. We'll get to that in a second. But I think so, yes. Because there are some missions that I've unlocked that I'm not a high enough level yet for. Which... The, the one thing I don't like is, although it is single player, but you can buy with your... Is it Helix? Oh, no, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, is it yeah, real yeah. world money for Helix points? It's not gone away, I don't think, yeah. to be honest. It was, no. it was in Origins. So although it doesn't affect anything because technically it's a single player game, but you can buy something that gives you an XP boost. Because um, there's also difficulty levels in this game as well, which I, f- I forgot to mention. Oh, really? Which, uh, well, there's two actually. So there's a difficulty. Yeah. Makes the game harder, obviously. Uh, but there's also two ways to play the game. There's the traditional way and the way that they want you to start playing these kind of games. So from Origins down, you basically on the map, it'll tell you where you need to go, what you need to do. What's happening, basically. It holds your hand. Whereas now there's the, I think it's called Exploration Mode, which they recommend you play it in. And it's quite nice that you get a mission and it will say what you need to do, roughly where it is on the map. So it's south of such and such and it's in a cave or something like that. And you have to go and find it yourself and there's no marker. There's a few markers here and there but there's no markers to actually okay. where you need to go to complete That's the mission. Quite interesting. That's pretty cool. And it, it sounds like what the Metro guys are talking about in the interview that we, we had with them. Yes, it does yes. actually. Yeah. So that's it. That's in there as well. Um, but yeah, you can buy the Helix points and you can get a, a 50% or a hundred percent increase in XP. So, cause I've got it on a little bit harder. It has been harder, but it, I, I'm enjoying it. It's good fun. I prefer the grind a little bit as opposed to running around. Yeah. So did you buy the XP bonus? No. I brought the season pass, so the lovely guys at Ubisoft gave me the copy for free to review and stream and different things. And whenever they do that, if I'm into the game, I will buy the season pass. Just as a, you know, why not? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So the mercenary and ship contracts then. Ubisoft uh, was supposed to start on the 16th of October. Um, they put out a little bit of a tweet with a missing poster, I believe, earlier. Um <laughs> Because Demaze, the indifferent, expected to face the Mythios. That probably means something to you, Ali. It doesn't to us. But didn't show up. Have you seen him? They have gone for these live events. Um, To me, it sounds a little bit Hitman-esque. Limited time enemies within the world. Um, But something went technically wrong, and they weren't actually able to do it this week. But they didn't tell people for over a day. So they had plenty of people running around trying to find him and uh, and couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So I know in Origins, they had some timed events in that as well. But that was like quite a big event that you had to go and take down some Egyptian god or something like that in a certain area. Right. But nothing that was technically roaming around. It was go to this area and face whoever. It's it's the new thing for them, isn't it? I mean, they had it in uh, Ghost Recon, if you remember, with the Predator event, oh, and yes. with the, the Sam Fisher event. Mm. And I just love the idea that they've geared everybody into this exploration mode mindset and then completely failed to put a, an uh, an enemy player char- uh, an enemy character in there. Yeah, so we- people just wander around going, well, he must be here somewhere. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd have loved to have read, read it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds... Interesting. It sounds like a nice idea, but it also sounds very Hitman when you're looking for a particular character. Of course, we've had a bit more news about Hitman 2 and its first elusive target this week. And before before we even mention who it is, come on, Andy. How how have you not clicked pre-order? 
don't. It's it's it has. it's straining every fiber in my being not to do it right now. If I'm honest, <laughs> especially after this, I'll, I'll be blunt. The only reason I the only reason I lived in Hansworth in Sheffield was because of this man. <laughs> so I could say I drank in the same pub as him. And I know, <laughs> I know full well he's your favourite Bond villain. Oh, of all time, without a shadow of a doubt, he's he's got undoubtedly some of the best lines in any Bond film. So yes, Sean Bean is elusive target number one in Hitman Two. When they announced, we knew some were coming because Ali, you'd asked Sven Liebold all about it, and he confirmed they were coming. But did we really expect this brilliant pairing? I guess when he said that, when I asked him, you know, are we going to get more celebrities? Are we going to get more celebrity elusive targets in the game? And we had Gary Boosie, which arguably, I don't know where he is. He an A-lister, B-lister, C-lister? He's, he's all messed up at the minute. Don't you diss Gary? Yeah, to be fair, G- Gary Boosie's got a certain reputation. Yeah. He has got a reputation, yeah. I, I just didn't know where they were going with it. And he said, oh, we've got some big names. But uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting Sean Bean. I especially wasn't expecting such a big, well-known uh, British yeah. actor as well to be elusive target number one i mean fantastic cameo in the trailer is just an amazing trailer phenomenal if you've not seen it stop now go google the undying trailer because it's phenomenal but the question i have is are we actually going to kill him is he is he just going to keep coming back as every elusive target in the the game (laughs) well you know what because the way the trailer builds it and it's riffing on his the fact that virtually all his characters get killed, but he still survives. That yeah, he's kind of throwing it that way a little yeah. bit, isn't it? That maybe, maybe he will make it through somehow and appear later on as well. So if you could drop a satellite on him from a great height, would that then really make you buy the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if you could if you could drop a satellite on him or set a set a three minute timer. The same three minute time he gave him. <laughs> the same six minutes. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh yeah, I just yeah. I just love him. He's amazing. It is. It it's looking it is looking amazing. Um since we've also had the announcement about ghost mode. So the sort of almost the asynchronous yep. oh, multiplayer. I just want to play that with you so badly. And you can only do that if you cave on your year of shame. Or wait and then Matt's bored of it and playing something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, wait until January and we've all finished playing it. It was all looking so good and I was I was kind of resigned to what was about to happen and then the, the artist formerly known as Kelly Ho said, I believe in you. And I was like, no, don't believe in me. That makes this hard. That's... <laughs> have, you, have you heard that they're doing a special edition uh, release as well with Sean being on the cover of the game like a steel tin? Is that for real? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with <laughs> oh, you. that would be... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going now. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks amazing, and we are three weeks away. Three weeks away from yeah. the full release. We're uh, two and a bit weeks away if you've got it on pre-order. So, and if you haven't got it on pre-order, to anybody, anywhere at all who might be hearing me say this, Mister Brown, go and pre-order it. Even if you're not a fan, just go and pre-order it just to annoy Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, friends. I've got a question for you then. Um, if you could have any actor or character as an elusive target that you think would be fun in the Hitman universe, who would you go for? And I'm going to put that to Andy first. Okay, well, I thought I thought it would be really interesting because what's 47 going to hate more than somebody highlighting his achievements, maybe even mimicking or impersonating him, and potentially exposing him to the world 
So I thought it'd be good if we could have like a vote like we did with the Gary Cole, Gary Busey thing mm-hmm. between Rupert Friend and Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Yes, that is quite good. I thought that might be a nice one to do. Yeah, I like that. That could be really good. A battle of whose film was the worst. <laughs> Which one he's going to take out. <laughs> like it. Um and then the other one the other one I came up with which uh was you've got this beautiful Miami kind of motor racing Formula One style venue. I've always wanted to kill Jacques Villeneuve, I won't <gasps> lie. Oh. Oh now I wish I'd thought of that one. But yeah, so there you go. So Jacques Villeneuve. Or oh, I suppose, you know, at a push Bernie Bernie Eccleston. Yeah, you, you could. Yeah, you could have a whole string of Formula One murder. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, because I hate the guy, but I hate the guy that much. I'd want to kill him over and over and again in the game. James Corden, get him in there. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to just kill him so many times. Just think of the most hideous way to do it. He's, he's fast tracking his way to being national treasure. <laughs> you oh, want no. to kill him? Yeah, I can't stand him. I don't know what it is. I just go. Oh. That'd be Carpool Harry Carey. <laughs> oh. at least it's a good title for the mission alright well fair enough yeah. fair enough so you like seeing that I had um, I had a bit of an idea the face off kind of idea like you mentioned the Cole Busey one um, I just had a random thought that a couple of 80s kids TV stars with a bit of rivalry um, Pat Sharp oh. versus Timmy Mallet you know that's genius because do you know do you know what the third one I was thinking was Go on. Mr Tumble <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you could have a you could have a new and old. Yeah, that's genius, Pat. Yeah, Sharp versus Mallet. It almost sounds like a mission briefing, doesn't it? Sharp versus Mallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to kill one with a sharpie and the other one with a rubber mallet. <laughs> you can kill with a hammer or a blade, but that's it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. See, if you wanted to go down the face-off route, you could have Nicolas Cage against John Travolta from the film. <laughs> Oh, that's quite good. Yeah. yeah, but no, I think I think Sharp versus Mallet. Yeah, awesome, awesome. We did actually have um, a listener suggestion as well. It's a little bit along your uh, ideas of James Corden, but uh, Saintly Stewart got in touch and just said, "Piers Morgan, no one needs a reason." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna go that way, then um, oh, what's oh god, what's her name? Katie bloody Holmes. Katie Holmes. No. No, we're not even going to give her the publicity because everyone, everyone will just guess it's Katie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if it's going down the realism route, I think that kind of it kind of loses a little bit of the spirit of the elusive targets in Hitman. They have a little bit yeah. black black comedy is what we're looking for. Um, there'd be too much satisfaction in uh, in Katie. <laughs> Obvious Morgan. Okay, so we got that. We got that suggestion from Saintly Stewart. If uh, anyone else has got any suggestions, there's some great comedic value elusive targets. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah or on Facebook, um, and let us know what you think IO Interactive should be doing next with those. Right, anybody got any more games you want to talk about? Uh, I've been playing uh, Knowledge is Power on, it was a PlayStation Plus free game. Is it the Playlink ones? It is, yeah. So I didn't really know what Playlink was, or how it worked, or anything, until we saw Word Hunters, uh, which we've got a lovely review for on our YouTube channel. Really enjoying it. I actually played it on Tuesday night with my parents and my wife, and it's good fun. Really enjoying it. Um, I think that the way you select categories and stuff in it is a bit weird because the category seems to follow it through and then suddenly you can change it. 
Um, but it's it's quite a short game, but loads of fun. Yeah. And you can have up to six people with their phones connecting in. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a different way to play a game. And it's something that I could imagine being really good around the Christmas time or Christmas period with Family Round. We played uh, Hidden Agenda, which is mm. the uh, murder mystery one. And it's like oh, a detective okay. game. And there are a couple of bits of that that, yeah, it, it feels weird. It's right. It's, it's weird is, is the way I'd describe it as well. But actually, it's an experience for a couple of people on their phones or tablets. It works really well. And I am yeah. genuinely looking forward to playing Word Hunters because that yes. looks like the perfect fit for that kind of party game. Um, yeah, 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 it looks like that's yeah. going to be really good. And I think that is, is that out next week? Fourteenth of November. Fourteenth of November. So we're, we're, yeah, so we're about three weeks away from that then. Okay. And knowledge is power. Decades is out at the same time as well. And if you PlayStation Plus, you get it for twelve. There's about pounds. six of them out on the same day. I think. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite quite a lot. Of um, and I I cannot for the life of me remember what they all are. But Word Hunters was Word Hunters was good in that it's a word game, but actually the way it's designed and the the kind of the difficulty that's that's put into the game by the time limits and the other aspects of the different rounds means if you're not that good at words you're not necessarily at a terrible disadvantage no no it does look good is that does that feel like a, a mid-month roundup yeah yeah it's nice well thank you thank you very much everybody it's been fun it has thanks to thanks to everyone for listening we'll be back more than likely with the code at momentum roundup from the end of october um remember to get your <laughs> pledges in uh, head to the website and do that you can also see a lot of the reviews there, a lot of the games we just talked about. Um, you've got bits and pieces on the YouTube channel. Head over to Cornwolf on YouTube as well, where you can get some gameplay footage of um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and some other bits and pieces. And obviously, we are all on Twitter under Codet Moments and Clinical Andy and Corn underscore Wolf. Excellent. It's almost as if we hadn't rehearsed that ever. And just leaves me to say. Thanks a lot and goodbye. Bye. Cheerah.